Okay. Um, so I thought with uh, Lent starting that we could discuss um, kind of an important uh, concept in just the spiritual life. And, um, oh, George, are we recording? Okay. Um, and and the, the concept is, uh, if, if any of you attended the sermon this morning, we talked a lot about uh, facing the right and kind of bringing God into our life. And so the question is, how do we do that? And one way that's really useful during Lent is this idea of stillness. And I think it's such a nice concept and an underused uh, tool in our church. And I think I know why. Um, when I was little, you know, when we would watch TV during Lent, my mom would say, haram watching TV during Lent. And that's just the wrong thing to say, right? And I'm like, why is it haram? Haram is not even a Christian word. I don't know what you're talking about, blah, 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 right? So what she was unable to properly uh, expand upon is be still during Lent. Have less distraction during Lent. Have less input during Lent. Have less noise during Lent. And so I think of this verse, be still and know that I am God. And I think this is such an important concept in Christianity because for some reason, as you can see, our churches are very noisy. They're very noisy during services. And sometimes, God help us, you get a deacon who's screaming. And the deacons are screaming. And you're like, why is everyone screaming? Um, I just came back from Egypt. I was there for a few weeks. And I figured out why we scream. Because uh, they have them on the loudspeakers, screaming. Um, I'm talking about mosques. And so... You come from a culture that's very loud, and prayer to God is loud and screaming, and, and the, 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 the mosques are competing with one another, each one out screaming the other one. And then you come to church, and there are the deacons competing with one another, each one out screaming the other one. I'm like, ah, I get it. I see where they got it from. And that's really not Christianity. Christianity is a lot more quiet. It's a lot more still. It's a lot more con- contemplative. And so when I think about stillness, if you think about being a kid, right, half of raising children is what? Teaching them to be still, right? And especially in church, right? They come in, they make noise like Sherry's kids do, right? And we say, shh, be quiet, give them food, give them a toy, give them something. Everyone has to be quiet, right? We see them running around. We say, stop running, don't walk. Negi sees a kid running, he yells at him, right? And we want everyone to be still, okay? And that's nice. That's children's stillness. But then we become adults. See that? No stillness. And it's like he's making my point. And then we become adults and we're like, okay, we've mastered the stillness thing. As a matter of fact, I don't see any of you moving, right? There's no one's fidgeting. No one's moving around. No one's standing up. You're really good at this. The problem is it's an exterior stillness. Inside, this thing doesn't stop. This thing's processing all the time. Even when you're laying in bed and not moving, eyes closed, it's dark. This thing isn't, there's no stillness. And so as we move from children to adults, 
as we move from still from from children to adults they're all just doing this now as we move from children to adults we have to move the outer stillness the physical stillness into a spiritual stillness a mental stillness right we have to just be calm mentally spiritually so that things don't bother us right and that's sort of the progression of being a Christian, right? So the church has to push that a little bit and say, all right, now we're all good at standing still. Now let's be still, really still, right? And calm. Right? And, and I, I remember Abuna Sederos, uh, God rest his soul, he used to talk about the ocean and he would say, you know, when there's a storm and it's raining and the winds and the waves and everything, the only place you see the storm is on the surface. He's like, the fish don't know there's a storm, right? The fish are 100 feet down. They're like, huh? We're always just wet. This is just normal for us, right? And the people on the boats on the top of the, on the surface. So he, he talks about the deeper you go, the less things perturb you, right? The less the storm moves you. Storms are only for people at the surface. And that's why there, you meet people, no matter what's happening, they're just kind of calm. Just like, we're going to get through this. Right? Why? Because they're, they're existing at a very, very deep level. And we see this really during like natural disasters, terrorist attacks, storms, hurricanes, earthquakes. There's people who just get freaked out. We saw it during COVID, freaked out. And then there's just people who are just at such a deep level. They're like, I'm with God and God's with me. Is there a storm going on out there? Is there a storm in the world? Is there something happening? I'm here. Right? And that's sort of where we need to push ourselves, and Lent is a great time to do that, right? Just to go deep, to be still, to focus on that quiet. Uh, we went to the, uh, the, 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 the nun convent in uh, Alhambra, it's a Catholic uh, convent a few years back, and there was another trip there, and they were on a quiet retreat. It was all adults, three days, not one word you're not allowed to speak. Like, what a great idea, especially for a few people I know, right? So they go on this retreat for three days, and all they focus on is not speaking at all. Quiet, stillness, read, contemplate, pray, look at nature, do anything but talk. Wonderful, right? That's like such a cool practice, very, very Christian, Right? It's kind of the opposite of let's see which deacon can yell louder and, and how loud we can get the church to be. Right? No, no, it was... Um, it was <laughs> Let the record reflect that Michael said that was a women's retreat. No, it was, there were men there, but they weren't struggling as much. Anyway, so... Um, that was uncalled for, and you did that to me. You brought me down. Yeah, put it on the list. Okay. All right, so, so how, how do we do this, right? Well, slowly our prayer goes from being loud to being quiet. And our fasting can go from being loud to being quiet, right? Because we can fast loudly, right? We can fast, la, 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 is, is this, does this have whey in it? Does this have, uh, you know, butter? Oh, no, no, I, you know, I'm fasting. I, we can fast very loudly. We can fast very boisterously. We can fast obnoxiously, right? Or we can fast just quietly, I remember Abuna Krillos talking about, uh, you know, even, even if you have a plate of fool, right, very, very fasting, 
and you really want it and you've made it with garlic and kamun and everything else and it tastes good, just take it and, and set it aside for a minute. Let it get a little cold. Don't satisfy your craving for even food immediately, right? Push yourself. Fast quietly. You know, always push against yourself. So when you think of your parents, I want you to think back to a time when you felt your parents love the most, right, growing up. A moment when you felt the tenderness and love of your mom or dad the most, right? We can always, hopefully, we have a memory or two of that. I mean, usually there's a ship-ship involved in my, my life, but the, there were a few moments between ship-ships that there was some love and tenderness. And if you can think back to the moment, what was the moment like? Was it loud or was it quiet? Right? And, and I think of moments where you just have your, your parents just kind of put their arm around you and no one says anything. It's not when they bought you a car or bought you something you really wanted or bought, paid for a trip. That wasn't how you, when you felt love. You felt love when someone's arms around you and no one's saying anything. And it's just still. And it's just quiet. And the moment resonates louder than any other moment with your parents. At that moment, I knew my dad really loved me. The way he held my hand. And we didn't exchange a word. Right? And so you can see this, this monk sitting there kind of watching the, the sunrise. That's, those are the moments. It's in that's where we see God. And we only hear God in stillness. We don't hear him in chaos. We don't feel him in noise. We don't feel him when our schedule is stacked and we're going from thing to thing to thing to thing. We hear him when it's quiet. In fact, we hear him the loudest when it's quiet. I'll take it a step further. We only hear him in quiet. And not just the quiet, you know, uh, audible quiet, but inward, inward quiet inward stillness. And those are the moments where we experience God. And that's where he talks. And he doesn't talk in the, the, the hissa, right? And the screaming and the loudness and the chaos. So you all know the story of Mary and Martha, one of my favorite stories. And a lot of us are Martha. And there's a lot of noise around Martha. And Martha's running around and she's making kak and she and everything else that they made at that time. And Mary is just sitting. What's Mary saying? Nothing. What's she doing? Nothing. She's like that, she's on one of those Catholic retreats. She's just sitting with Jesus. You know, the, there's that story of the, the person who used to go into the church and just sit in the back of the church, and the priest noticed him. He would just sit there. He wouldn't pray. He wouldn't be cry. He wouldn't ask for anything. He'd just sit there, and then he'd leave. So the priest eventually went up to him and said, so, you know, son, do you want me to, do you want to confess? Do you want to talk to me? Is there anything going on? He goes, no, I'm fine. He goes, I notice you just come in the back, and then you leave, and you just sit there for a while. And he said, yeah, I, I sit here. I look at Jesus. He looks at me, and we're both happy. I just want to be in his presence. So on my way to work, I come and I sit, and we just look at each other. What do you pray? Rosary, psalms? Nothing. We just look at each other. And I imagine that's what Mary did. And Christ called her out and said to Martha, he said, she's chosen the better path. And we love to get caught up in the hoopla. 
lot of things, doing things, lots of activities, you know, stuff on the calendar for the church, stuff on the calendar for ourselves, right? And we neglect, especially during Lent, that time when we just let our roots dig in, right? Just take the Lent, instead of saying, I'm going to add more Psalms, and I'm going to add more this, and I'm going to add more liturgies, and I'm going to add more, I mean, do that, fine. But also take that time and say, I'm going to add more nothing. I'm going to schedule nothing. And what am I going to do in that nothing? Absolutely nothing. You know, what prayers am I going to say? What book am I going to read? What sermons am I going to hear? Hmm, not necessary. Just be. Look at him, and him look at you. Sit with an icon, and just do nothing. And let your mind go to him. So I want to read you this story from Elijah, and then I, it's kind of long, but I, I like this story, so I'll read it to you, and then we can end with that. So this is a story of Elijah. You guys know Elijah? Ragel. Now Ahab told Jezebel, you guys know who Jezebel is? She's an Old Testament queen. Nice queen? Not a nice queen. Told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this tomorrow, time tomorrow I do not make your life that one of, of them. Right? So what she basically say? God have mercy on me if I don't kill you too. Okay? Now you guys know Elijah, right? Does Elijah back down from anyone? He's not scared of anybody. But let's see the next verse. Elijah was afraid <laughs> and ran for his life. You know, some people threaten you, but when she threatens you, you know, you all, you all, all the husbands know what I'm talking about. Okay, so she gave him a look, and she gave him a threat, and he got scared. And Elijah doesn't back down from anybody or anything, so it's pretty impressive that she scared him. I can imagine the look. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life and went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, prayed that he might die. So this really affected him. I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there was by his head some bread and some baked bread over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and strengthened by that, he, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. Uh, okay, it's catching up. I can see it on the screen. Okay. Okay, it's going to take a second. Here, hang on. Wait for it. Wait for it. I'm not going to call out George right now. No, it's not okay. I'm not going to mention. Where's George? Oh, he's not here. I thought he was here. He left. Okay, so I'll tell you how this rest of the story goes. So then he went up to this mountain, and, it, and then the angel told him, God is going, he said, get up and stand on the edge of the outside. God is, oh, there it is, okay. Then a voice, uh, okay, here we go. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, okay. 
So uh, at, at the, in the top left corner, it says, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. So he's told that God is going to pass by. Then a great powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. All right, so here's the three things that happened. God told him, get up, stand on the edge. The Lord is coming. And then there was an earthquake. Well, there's wind, then an earthquake, and then fire. Big things. Hoopla. And it said, and the Lord was not in those things. After, and after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. So the Lord was in the gentle whisper. And ultimately, this is the only place we hear the Lord. It's in that gentle whisper. And in that gentle whisper, God is louder than in any other time. When your head is completely clear, you are totally still on the inside, and then God whispers gently. Then a voice came to him saying, what are you doing here? I've been very zealous for the Lord, etc., etc." Okay. All right. So God is always in the gentle breeze. I think that the important takeaway from the story is that's where God is. Um, I'll pass. Okay. Um, And so what we find in the world, especially now with the Internet age, is there's just too much information in the world. There's too much happening. There's too much bombarding us, phones blowing up, notifications, blah, blah, blah. There's just sources of information And there's just a lot. And unfortunately, this is translating into our spiritual life, right? Where spiritual life becomes a form of information gathering, right? Where I have sources, I have quotes, I read things, I I can listen to multimedia, I can listen to sermons, I can, a million different ways for me to interact with God using a screen. And Although, you know, these things are great and, and, you know, Facebook has its place and the phone has its place and the internet has its place, right? Our interaction with God isn't always going to happen through a screen. It must sometimes happen quietly on a walk, interacting with nature. And those of you who take walks and interact with nature and have that still time know that your prayers at those times are the most effective prayers, the deepest prayers. That's when I No, God is with me when I see him and he sees me, right? So one of the things I hope we do during Lent, um, just to kind of go back to the sermon of of focusing on the right, right? Focusing on on bringing God into my life. To me, Lent is always a great time to bring God into my life through absolutely nothing. Not by doing a lot of things. Here are the things I'm going to stop, the sins I'm going to stop doing. Here are the books I'm going to read. Here are the Psalms I'm going to say 10 Psalms a day. And I'm going to, and we put all these little rules for ourselves that, you know, it's, it's a good check, right? It's a good, you know, I, not, I said 10 Psalms a day, all of Lent, right? Great. Post it on Facebook. People will like it and move on, okay? But that's not where we're going to find God, right? Let's focus on that stillness and that inner peace and make that our exercise is to set aside some time a day to do absolutely nothing, right? And just to be with God and him to be with us. It's thinking. This next slide is going to be great. 
Just wait for it. I'm building up anticipation. <laughs> Sorry, George. Wait for it. If this slide disappoints, you guys are going to be really disappointed. Is it a good slide, George? I can't remember. All right, good. Oh, it's graphics, that's why it's taking a long time. Okay, well you can see it right now. The, 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 the two pieces of art there that depict the Jesus walking on the water. And if you look at the two, they tell very kind of different stories. The one on the right, that icon, is very, there's a chaos Right? Because clearly, when Peter walked on the water, it was chaotic. There was a storm, there was wind, there were waves, there was lightning, thunder, all the things. Okay? But when you look at the icon, you don't feel chaos. What do you feel? There's a peace there, right? He's looking at me, and I'm looking at him. And although the world is all around me and it's chaotic, our eyes are locked. And no matter what happens around me, my eyes are locked. And there's this peace once Christ grabs you, regardless of the situation you're in. And we've read so many stories of, of people in situations like jail and beatings and terrorism, and there's that feeling inside them, right? Nothing's shaking them because he's looking at me and I'm looking at him. And in the other, other picture, right, they're trying to depict, they're trying to depict the scene Right? And they're, they're depicting the chaos. In fact, this, this, this artist, he said, he wrote uh, in the top uh, little corner there, you can't see it, but he wrote, I wanted to put Peter as the focus of the picture because Peter is the only man to have ever walked on water. Which I didn't think is very Christian because Peter didn't really walk on water, did he? I mean, he did, but we know he didn't do anything. So we can't really give Peter a lot of credit for walking on water, although he is the only human to ever, ever have ever walked on water. It's a very person-centered, human-centered picture, a human-centered theology. Look what Peter did. Peter didn't do anything, right? And so that picture, that artist, is, is, is focused on man. He's focused on the chaos. Look at the waves, and you can see the waves kind of going in different directions. It's very... It's very chaotic. There's water in the boat. There's a lot of fear. It's focused on the chaos. It's focused on the news feed, on your phone, on the internet, on all the posts that are coming in. Whereas the, the, the deep spirituality of the icon is saying, no, let's focus just on one thing. And that's it. Right? So I encourage you all, I think the kids are here, I encourage you all during this great Lent to do just that. Right? Take the time once a week, once a day, once a month, whatever. Take the time and focus on doing nothing and focus on that stillness, me and God, sitting as Mary did by his feet and not running around like Martha did. Does anybody have any questions or comments? It's so loud out there. No stillness out there. Okay, and glory be to God forever, amen. Uh, let's stand up and pray really quick. Make us order to say with all thanksgiving, our Father who art in heaven.